you're tuning in to Change It Up, the podcast. A podcast about young people challenging the status quo. I'm Sarah and I'm super excited to be in this journey with you. We Gen Z's have so much to offer this world. We're creative, inclusive, empathic and tenacious. And we're not afraid to stand up for each other. Join me and a fellow Gen Z for a weekly conversation about the behind the scenes of being a young change maker and all the things that matter to us. We're here to build connections and inspire positive change. So do you want to change the world with me? Take along. How's the storyteller? You can't do anything about apart from putting your soul, your what's inside of you out. So that's what I feel like. Uh, yes, it is our duty as um, storytellers to actually reflect what's happening around the world and also to be authentic as 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 much as possible. I know authenticity is hard because of the world we live in, but it is you should try to be authentic because when you're authentic, people can see it, can see through it, and a lot of people would, we want to collaborate and work with you because of that. Welcome back to a new episode. I am super happy to have you here and I hope you have had a a lovely day so far or you're going to have a lovely day after this episode. I think I can't believe that right now we have just finished our our ambassador program and we have sent them off. We had an amazing graduation event and we're just so proud of of how much all of these people all of these amazing young people have grown and the community that we have created and all of the amazing thoughts and, and moments and projects that we've shared and working on and i can't wait f- to see what all of them are going to create in the future i know that each and every one of these people are such amazing and special young people and i know that that something that they all got is is that they've got new friendships that's going to last forever and i and i think that's such a key part of our community is is about connecting young people and young people who want to make a positive change in the world and and just seeing that that vision for us come to life has has just been an absolute joy and, and pleasure for all of us and it's something that also very much ties into to this episode and i think to what we're doing um with this podcast as well just expanding that community and inviting more you guys into to see what's going on behind the scenes of of having an organization completely led and founded by young people and and how that all of the things that goes into to that crazy process and and also if you want to because applica- applications are open for next year's ambassadors um program and if you want to join and if you want to apply you can go to other at our website which is www.community-up.com um, and you can just hit the bottom of the ambassador program or you can head to our instagram and head to the link in bio where you can also find the application for our ambassador program and that you'll find um you find it on the we are at humanity.up on instagram as well so if anyone wants to apply you know where to find us and we are so happy to have you a part of our community and and just for you to take the time to listen to the episode and for being here today um and i'm really really excited about today's episode because it really is one of my 
absolute favorite topics. I think it's something that we are not talking enough about. It's something that is very natural and intuitive and something that comes um, I think sometimes that we take it a lot for granted um, that art is also an activism and that activism is also an art in and that intersection is something that we need to utilize more it's something that we need to be more aware of and how we can use art and how we as artists also have a a responsibility to be true to ourselves but also to use our voices um, in a way that affects other people positively and be really responsible and and accountable for our platforms and for how we use our voices so i can't wait for you guys to meet today's guest and to bring on sean Vete. um and I would like to introduce him just a little bit. So Xiong Wei is a young filmmaker and artist turned CEO after he founded the short film platform Minute Shorts. And you should just like think of Minute Shorts as a sort of a Spotify for, for short films. It's just really great features. All things short films made by young artists and diverse young, young voices. So it's featuring short films created by young artists with diverse backgrounds and they combine powerful narratives and storytelling that leaves you with a fruitful thought. And and I am just a 100% fan. I've been following these guys before I sat down with, with Young Rare and I just absolutely enjoy every single one of these videos and every single one of the, create, the events that they create and I just think it's it's a powerful they have a powerful way of combining strong narratives and and strong voices and strong storytelling to really highlight the power of of young voices and young filmmakers and and they work with partners such as samsung spindle um women in film or girls in film and 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 Blackout UK as well and their partnership has just centered around completely making a positive change in the filmmaking industry and, and they're doing an amazing job with, with their work and how they combine art and activism so I really can't wait for you guys to to just dive into this episode and, and get to know Sean Ver and and look at his journey learn from all of the different lessons that he've been been getting from from his process from his journey of of founding this company of moving from like going from being an artist into becoming a ceo and have and starting a community and leading a community and and how the organization has has moved from from just like being a, about artists and and short films into something much more bigger than that with their community but also um, with how short films and filmmaking and art can really be a form of activism and how it can make a positive change in people's lives and in the world. So I think without further ado, it's just been a long I'm excited for this conversation and for John Vier to, to join me in and to have a conversation all around about art and activism and especially about how we we 
we move forward in this intersectional space and, and how we use creativity to both advocate and, and solve some of the world's most challenging narratives and, and issues in the world. Um, and I wanted to start by welcoming you to the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining me and for joining in this conversation. Um, and I wanted to start by asking you um, about Minute Shorts, about the, the company that you founded. Um, what is the story behind it? And how did you get into to this space? Uh, of creativity and activism and what inspired your process? Cool, thank, thank you for having me. And um, so my name is John Vier Wete, so I'm the founder and CEO of Minute Shorts. Uh, we are a London-based uh, platform that advocate into storytelling. And, and so to track back, how did I end up, or how did I come up with the idea of Minute Shorts? So as a filmmaker myself, so I worked in the film industry for, uh, for by the time when I launched Minute Shorts, it was about six years. I started quite young. I started making films or working in the film industry when I was 18 years old. And then um, when, I was making film, when I was making film, specifically short films or adverts or documentaries at the time, there was kind of a big gap that I was kind of quite intrigued or curious why there was not that many storytelling or stories being told by a different part of like a, people are like different background of people so so when i mean different background of people so you have you know people from african descendants people from a different part of the world where the story doesn't get shown to the wider scale so i was kind of intrigued in terms of like why there were not any the why there was not that many limelights and those sort of storytelling and then and then and then the idea of minute shorts came about when i started to speak to a lot of people a lot of friends that work in film and I came up with the idea that what if we made a platform, you know, similar to what you have, similar to what Spotify did for uh, for music industry, make it easier for people to discover music. And then I say, what if we made a platform that made it easier for people to discover these amazing stories and these amazing short films? So then that idea came, yeah, that came from the, the I like to say frustration and curiosity mm. that I had that there's loads of stories being unheard. And then we wanted, I wanted to make a platform so people can discover these films and discover these amazing talents, uh, filmmakers as well. Mm, yeah. And, and you mentioned that you were, that you're a filmmaker and, and you work yeah. all around in, in the creative space as well and been working with lots of different type of, of both people who have different narratives um, and different types of storytelling. Mm. I was really interested in, in your process because you chose from being a filmmaker into launching into this different types of work and, and different like new mediums as well of, of mm. expressing yourself creatively. How is that, how has that process worked for you and what was your process and, and maybe what, what has that taught you? as well um so it, i mean i'd like to be really um very honest but say it was really hard because i'm mm. um, naturally a, a creative person so then i would switch from um, being a creative person to go and uh, to launch a business it, it requires a different part of your brain mm. and you which which till this day i'm still training it so i'm not saying i'm i've, I've reached a level where i can fully say i'm you know i'm there but it's like a constant kind of learning curve so um and to answer your question, yes, um, it was kind of it was hard shift in terms of like a moving from the creative industry to the business industry. But what I did really well at the time is um, there's a lot of asking questions. So I went to loads of uh, events, startup events. I went to loads of, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had to this day, I still have my mentor. For at the time, I had maybe seven or six mentors. Uh, you know, you meet a mentor that help you one aspects of you, one aspects of your uh, 
skill set that you're not good at. For example, when I was started off minute shorts, I was not really good at uh, doing numbers. For example, you know, I was not good at, at writing pitch deck. I was not good at illustrating my uh, ideas in a kind of uh, business oriented way. So I was not good at those things, but I had mentors that kind of helped me to educate me how to work and mm-hmm. how to kind of do some of these kind of skills. So there's loads of mentorship uh, at the beginning. And then there's, like I said, there's loads of conversation, just like going and speaking to people who are actually facing these issues that needs those help. Meaning, uh, and, and at the time is, so we, um, I've, I, started, I spoke to a lot of filmmakers, Luckily, because I was in that space, I was in the industry, I went out to loads of film screening events, film festivals, loads of, uh, um, you know, pop-up events where they're showing films. And I would speak to filmmakers, hey, you know, you, you've done this, you created this film. After this screening, where, where, where else can people watch it? So loads of time people tell me, oh, they'll put it on YouTube or Vimeo. Then I, then I ask them, is anyone going to watch this film on Vimeo or YouTube? It's like, well, there's usually not, not that many people. I send it to friends and family. Then, I, then, I, then that's what I take in. What if we made a platform really, really simple? People can just tune in and watch short films. And then, you know, then that's what I started developing the idea of a technology that makes it easier for people, a platform that makes it easier for people to watch short films. And then, uh, then the technology itself, and so I'm, I'm going to really go on for a bit. <laughs> and then, okay. and, and then, so then, um, so then, so when, once we, we did build the first stage of the platform, which was a, it was a very basic platform. It was a base, you know, you can go in and watch a film, you can search a film, and then you can download a film to watch, etc., etc. Then throughout the whole process, while we're making this, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be developing the the app. Then we obviously uh, at the time what. We did quite well. I did quite well specifically. I was speaking to loads of filmmakers. I was speaking to loads of users to understand what you know. How, why they have not come across this? They haven't come across certain films, or what is frustrating them about a certain kind of um, platform that exists already, like YouTube or Vimeo. Most of the time, the answers we got is I don't know what to what to look for. Mm. I'm spending a lot of time on this platform searching rather than actually watching films. So one of the main uh, functionality on our platform is time-based. So we, we spec- so when you go on our, on our app, we give you a free option of 5, 10, 20 minutes. And based on the time you choose, you, we give you a film to watch. And what that does, it helps, it helps one, to cut time that you look for a film to watch. And also it, just, like, it, it also reduces time people spend on, 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 on your devices. So you're spending more time just watching films rather than scrolling. So you're actually, in, you know, taking, you're taking information rather than actually just like a endlessly scrolling, look, looking for what to watch. Mm, yeah, and I really love that feature as well, because for me, someone who uh, I, I watch a lot, lots of different sort of indie type uh, and movies, like individual like uh, projects as well. And and a lot of the time, as you said, it's, it's really difficult to find that type when you mm-hmm. when you look for something which is either more niche or is, is independent productions and, and and that sort of stuff that has a lot of, of creativity, has a really powerful narrative, but, but you have to sort of go mm-hmm. around different, more complex yeah. routes to actually get access to it. And that was what, for me personally, just coming across across your guys and the, and the platform i was so excited to to just experience the way that everything was just collected and there on on one page and it was so easily it's so accessible and it's it's free as well which was was something that was <laughs> just you. like super nice <laughs> like i really i really felt that because i was like watching one of you uh short film uh, i think with 
was the Brazilian uh, photographer and like her experience, how she saw the world and her, and her entire worldview. And for me, that was such a powerful sort of snippet yeah, and, and into yeah. someone else's worldview. Um, and I was thinking in for you as well, in, in that space where you come as a filmmaker and yeah. you acquire those skills as, as sort of business skills or leadership skills, how has it affected your, your ability as a leader and as someone sort of moving in this industry having that insight uh those insights into into the industry beforehand and just being a creative to be able to talk to those people yes i think i mean one thing you, you mentioned then i think uh, before i answer the question is i think the idea of what i've really um even so this was actually inspired me to current to continue with minutes is uh is the fact that there's just so many great stories out there, mm. so many amazing short films. And one thing, the great thing about short film, what it does that, it, uh, you know, it's better than feature long films is it gives you a story and you know, very concise. So then you, as a user, you watch something and then, you know, you, you get hooked into it. And that's, you know, spend like 10 minutes for something that you would have spent two, three hours. And then also on, on top of that, because short films are easier to produce, they're cheaper to produce, which means it allows a lot of people to make stories, create short films. And luckily, so we've, we've been in a, almost like a blessing stage where we managed to tap into a lot of filmmakers, uh, you know, whether in the UK, across the, across the world, in Brazil, Brazil, all these other places, people sending us amazing short films. And then you get to experience what life is like on other part of the world that we don't usually see in the big films. So that's one thing I just wanted to kind of class, I wanted to uh, um, uh, emphasize in regards to like short films. And in regards to the skill sets that um, coming from the film industry, the insights I had, how it has helped me to, um, you know, throughout the business. So I, um, you know, I think the most important thing it did, it, it helped me to identify what is a quality uh, mm. films. Quality films, usually when I, when I tell people quality films, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about your film was shot in a, a massive camera or your film was shot in a hundred million or 10 million budget, whatever. I'm talking quality in terms of the idea behind your film. So some, some for example, we have a film in, on our app that's, that's 50 seconds long. 50 seconds long, it, it, the filmmaker told an amazing story in 50 seconds. So when you watch that film, you, you were just really, so the first time I watched that film, I was really surprised. I said, well, how did you tell a, a story in 50 seconds? And I got it. And I, I actually left after watching the film, it actually made me think, wow, this is actually amazing. So, so what it did, so coming from the film industry it has kind of, uh, you know, working in the film industry for a while, it has helped me to, uh, you know, to know, to identify when a story is good when the story is compelling, when the story is something, when something hooks, hooks you as a user. So I kind of, being a film industry has developed that brain uh, part of me. So, so when we started uh, Minute Shorts, when we were starting acquiring content or licensing content, I knew what, what to these things uh, kind of to look for. So I knew this is something what we want and this is not what we want. And just in regards to also the films that we select, I think that's one of your questions. Um, so, um, we, um, we, so we're trying to make sure that we rather have uh, quality over quantity. And so meaning that we rather have loads of films that has, um, um, so we, are, a lot of, we, get this, we get asked a lot of these questions. People ask us, what is your criteria to, to select films, right? Mm. So we always say to people, we don't, we're not looking for specific criteria. We're looking for just like storytelling. We're looking for something like, you know, whether it's a horror, comedy, drama, documentary, 
a film that leaves you thinking afterwards. So we do have we, uh, we do have horror films on our platform where you watch a horror film, but at the end of it, you, there's always a, a message behind all our content. So something, whether it's, it's something that is, whether it's something to do with envir- environmental, something, some, whether it's to do about race, whether it's to do about feminism, whether it's to do about LGBT, you know, whether it's to do about uh, things that we as the world should care about, there's always a meaning behind uh, the films that we select. So that's always our criteria. Then after that, we look in, we'll probably look into like, uh, the technicality of some of the stuff, whether the lighting is done right, the sounds, but there's not a massive uh, criteria we're looking for, which are looking for something like a film that you watch that leaves you thinking afterwards. Mm, yeah, and I think that's what, I think one of the really, really great things about like, your platform, because you guys have such powerful narrative and really condensed down into a really powerful message. And it is something for me uh, coming uh, as a poet as well. It's, it's something that I'm used to the idea of having to, to condense knowledge or condense a creative idea into something really powerful and short in, in message, but but leaves you with a lot of thought like that yeah. process where it opens up the conversation for something mm-hmm. really really big when it's but it's such a short way of doing it and and just the entire quality of of actually the short films that you guys display is is really really high and that was what really caught my attention as well about you guys yeah. but i was thinking something another as well that you've been doing really really great is is the ability for you guys to to build on that narrative from your entire story and really turn that into a really bold brand and an inspiring community Yes. Um, and I wanted to to dive into that experience mm-hmm. and into that process. How has you have you sort of turned that that brand into something more than just a brand into your community yeah. and into to a, a greater story as well? Yes, I think uh, so. There's two things that I so there's, there's there's one specific thing that when we started Minute Shorts with my business partner Julian, so so he's he's the guy that builds the tech, build a uh, platform, etc. So um, so I was. Maybe because the background, so I grew up in a family where we do a lot of community, let pro, we, my parents would take us to, um, you know, on the weekends take us to like a, a street party or something mm. like that. It's very, very kind of community-led um, things. So it's always ingrained into my head that community is, is such an important thing that it doesn't matter with you, whether you are a big business, whatever. I think fundamentally community is what's going to carry your business. Yeah. I think I lost it, but uh, yeah. So, um, so one thing, the reason why we started, uh, you know, we focus on our community aspects of the business is that we understand there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, we understand that when it comes to short films, it's something very, very, very uh, industry. So it's very film industry. So unless you're from the film industry, you wouldn't know what short films are, right? So a lot of people, when they tell them about short, we tell them, we tell them about short films. They think it's an advert. It's a, it's um. I don't know, it's an art film that you oh. only see in colleges. So that's a lot of people that are not in the film industry. When you tell them, oh, I'm watching a short film, they, they have the assumption. So one of, one of the things when we started Minute Shorts, we said we're going to educate people what short films are. And the one way we did it is every month, without a doubt, since we launched Minute Shorts, we have film screening events. On, uh, we started off, off I mean, it's, uh, they happen offline. So every month we will select six short films on our platform and we'll get six filmmakers to come down to do a panel talk uh, to, sh- to, you know, we screen the films and events. We, we have a panel talk uh, to explain what the film's about. And then we have a DJ at the end where people can network and meet. And then to make it even uh, further, to take things even further, we said, 
every month we select a topic and and a theme that we're gonna we're gonna focus on and then the, the event is gonna be around that theme so the last few events we had we had one on and meditation and sports and wellness. So we know coming out of lockdown, you know, the idea of wellness, what it means to people. And what we did on our film screening events, we selected six short films around the same theme. We had a, we had a, um, a professional support, uh, um, sports person. We had a uh, sports journalist. We had a scientist. We had, uh, there was also a filmmaker on the panel that all spoke about the idea of wellness because wellness is so important to our, our you know, our every day. And the events before that, we had one on environmental, we had one on um, what does it mean to be a woman filmmaker nowadays? So who, uh, you know, all these, all these things, what, what we're doing is, you know, we're, we're building a community of people that don't believe, not, don't believe in just the products we're, we're building, but we actually, we're all, they believe into the actual content as well as the subject that we, we're tackling. And that's how we, that's how we kind of build the community. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I think that as we talked about before and before this recording, we talked a lot about, you know, the idea of racing, of meeting uh, online versus meeting in yeah. person. How both uh, both the platform and, and in-person events and meeting um, is, is really important and has different purposes, right? Yeah. To- of being able to be in the same room whether it's online or yeah. it's in person just to to have that conversation because so much of of our lives is is mediated by screens or yeah. by by some sort of medium that that is filtering our experience and in it's such an important way of having those face-to-face conversations where you where you get through to have that collective experience um, yeah i mean i totally agree i think it's more it's that and it's also there's been so many times where you will uh, you know you watch something on netflix but you want to have a discussion about it yeah, so exactly. so there's like a, you know you go into the cinema and you want to kind of continue to find out, you know, what is the film's about? How did the film come about? And what is the subject matter of the film? Mm. So then, um, so when we started Minutes, you know, we, we used to get, even till nowadays, we get those emails, we get uh, people send us um, um, Instagram DMs and they ask us, you know, I came across this film, I really enjoyed it. You know, I wanted to discuss more about the films and stuff. So then that's where we opened the, the idea of, you know, having this film screening events. And this film, this film screening event happens in London at the moment, but we are, next year we're going to take it uh, abroad as well. So we're looking at, yes, we're going to come to oh, Copenhagen wow. as well. Yay! When it comes to Copenhagen, we're going to take it to uh, three other cities because I think um, you quickly understand that the idea of um, digital is great. You know, we enjoy digital, but then human to human to human experience is much better. And you quickly also understand people, everyone wants to share the story. People have stories to to share, whether they don't want to say it, but they would love to hear other people's story because they can relate to it. And more than just a, it's a platform to watch short films, it's, it's actually a platform to get people to connect for certain subjects they, they care about and also to connect in certain kind of uh, goals they have. You know, whether they are a filmmaker that want to their film to be shown, but they don't have a, uh, access to an audience, will provide that as for, for events. And whether there's a subject, there's a conversation that's happening. Let's say right now, the climate change is a, is a big kind of um, uh, it's, a big, it's a big thing for um, issue in the world right now. But there are people who are frustrated; they want to be heard. They want the frustration to be to be the concern to be heard. And we provide that 
uh, platform in terms of like an event. We, we're curating events around stuff that we care about when people can come and voice their opinion, voice their concern and stuff. Yeah. Mm, yeah, and I think that's really something that that art, uh, whatever type of, of medium that we produce it in, is is something mm. that is both a catalyst for for having powerful conversation, a catalyst for awareness as well, and mm. and in that way also for change. And that yeah. sort of segues beautifully into sort of our next topic that I wanted to discuss, which is something that that I really feel you guys have a a powerful story about also to share, but also a lot of insight into that process, which is how both art and storytelling is able to to change cultural and social yeah. narrative. Um, yes. and, and I see on, on your platform and, and Minute Shorts that you guys have both in terms of narratives, but also in terms of storytellers, a lot of, dif a lot of diversity and you have really inclusive um, way of representing a lot of different communities, a lot of different topics and a lot of different uh, stories and storytellers as well. Why do you think that is something that especially Gen Z's and, and, and yeah. our generation and young people, why is that something that we is really appealing to us, but also really important to us? Well, the thing is, because I think you have to look at it in the way that um, Gen Z, um, you know, this generation, even our generation as well, we're so exposed with so much online. And I think, for example, like um, before social media, um, I'm 29, before, social, before Instagram and stuff, I pretty much, you know, the only people I knew was people, my friends in school. Mm. And then, then MySpace came, maybe I knew a few, few people, but now they are in contact with hundreds, hundreds of people online. And which they're also, Gen Z are also exposed with so many cultures um, out there online. So the thing is that what the Gen Z want, they want to be, you know, they want to be heard. You, they want what you're seeing every day, you want it to reflect back to you. And also we, there's always this conversation about our uh, social media is bad for, for your children or, you know, technology and your phone is bad for your children, but we're not listening to what they actually want, what, what the world is moving like. So social media is not going to go any, go away anytime. And smartphones is only going to get smarter. They're not going to go, they're not going to go away anytime. So the best way to do it is actually start to build a world that you actually start thinking about the views of tomorrow, meaning the, Uh, you know, young people are, that, that uses TikTok, that uses Snapchat, that uses Instagram. So when you go to this platform, what do you see? You see short bite-sized content, small TikTok videos, uh, Instagram stories, Snapchats, they're all short bite-sized content. But then what, we, what we're trying to do with, with our platform is that we're trying to make sure they, these also are short films. They can watch something short, compelling, storytelling. They can learn about a certain... Let's say you're based in London, you can learn about a, a, a children that lives in Kenya through a mm. short film. Then you you now you have an experience because you know, okay, cool, that's how they experience are. And I, I, I you know, for example, there's a film called Kamali. I advise people to watch it on our platform. And it's about a young girl. She's, 20, she's 12 years old. She's a, a skateboarder in India. And that film is the most amazing film. And our... I used to skateboard myself and I remember when I came across that film, I, I learned so much about that um, experience of being a 12 year old girl in India through the eyes of a 12 year old. And that left me so inspired as I was, well, this is despite all this, like, you know, um, in, uh, we can say the Asian um, a restriction where you're, when you're a girl, you're supposed to go to school, blah, blah, blah. But then there's a girl there who's actually fighting her cause to be free, to be free to skateboards. And that is an inspiring story. And so 
So, so what we, we're trying to do really well with Minute Shorts, we're trying to listen to what the young people are doing and also we're trying to, look, to listen, to look at what, the way the technology is developing and we're trying to make sure that we, we interject great story, we interject great moral compass storytelling advices through our content. So, so when you watch something, you kind of go away with, okay, cool, this is, I enjoy this, it's funny, but I've learned something uh, through, through, this, through this as well, yeah. Yeah, I think what you just mentioned, uh, I recently just read a with, with an article about sort of uh, linguistics and how language itself shapes the way that we think and how we perceive the reality because how the language that we speak um, creates a certain filter through which we experience the world, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that that with storytelling and whether it's it's movies or it's photography or it's it's poetry or it's a book or it's music whatever it is it gives a unique insight into that thought process into that reality of someone else that we can't have access to without either learning the language of someone else or actually uh sort of being invest invest into that culture of theirs and i think I think especially that's why storytelling is so important. I think it's yeah. so important for for being able to have that empathy, that experience of of being able to see the world through someone else's eyes and, yeah. and therefore sort of expand your own horizon as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, because I think at the end of the day, I think um, when you just think of what is life at the end of the day, it's more of just experience. So, so the more you experience you have, the more knowledge you have, the more compassion you have, the more understanding you have. And, and that's what kind of the generation now or younger generation now, they are exposed with so much stuff online. Mm. Then it's almost like a, we as a people are building the technology of tomorrow, the companies of tomorrow, we have to think through the eyes of the young people. So it, whether it's been exposed, how, is it good for them? You know how much you know they how much they're taking out of it they're taking well, how much they're taking from this uh stuff we're building so that's what again when we go back to the idea of like uh, what uh, when we go back to the question of uh, what sort of content we select hmm. yes we select every film so, you know any genre of the film uh obviously not nudity or stuff like that but we select you know any genre of the film but there's always a film that kind of leaves you thinking of something whether there's a me- there's always a message behind it so whether you're watching comedy a five-minute comedy, a ten-minute horror film, drama, action—you name it. There's always an under, underlying uh, message behind it. So then, you as a user, you watch something. You're like, okay, I laughed, but I got a message behind this. Or I was scared watching this horror film, but then I got a message behind it. And also, just just a point, just one thing I want to touch on is well, regards to um, just like a, the social behavior change. I think that's something I want to see. Like so. I've got I've got a younger brother who's 18, Elohim, and he's um so I've always tried to observe a lot of things that he does. So I go to my parents' house, sometimes I go there, I walk here and I sit down in his in his bedroom and he's he just look at me while you're here. I said, no, I just want to chat. We play <laughs> we, we played and it's, it's like, then he'd be like, bro, get off me, man. I don't know. It's, it's some, we just have this very funny um conversation back and forth. But then one thing when I when I observe him when he's watching film is so whenever he's put on Netflix, he's always have his phone in his hands. Hmm. So every three, two minutes, he will look at his phone. Every, every three minutes. He will, so the concentration will be, or we lose concentration every three minutes. So then that's what I, so that's what we, it's really intriguing for us. We're looking at a minute short. It was a, 
We want, uh, you know, this younger generation or young people, that three minutes they're concentrating, that we want to give them the first three minutes of a short film. They can watch a whole film for three minutes and then nice then they can move on to another film or they can go outside or they can, you know, so that way they're not watching things in a small ep- ep- episodic, if that makes sense. Otherwise, they're not receiving the full message of what they're mm. watching. So whereas if you watch something for three minutes, has all the, everything you need, you get it for three minutes, then that's it. Mm, I think that was really, really great. And I think, I think for a lot of us, when, when we are aware of sort of the fact that our attention span is getting shorter and shorter, yeah, yeah. I think especially getting to, because we can have a discussion about whether we should train our attention span and, and whether or that is, is sort of morally correct or, or what, but it's even more so as we, as when we take that as a reality and as a fact, uh, how can we utilize that to still get those powerful information and insights and still have those type of conversations within that three minutes. And, and I think doing that through, doing it through stories is and storytelling is something that from a neuroscience perspective also as well is so much easier for our brain to, to comprehend and to understand and also for our memory to, to hold as well through storytelling and changing behavior. So I wanted to, to also ask you about, um, we talked about storytelling and how it can change narratives, but as a storyteller yourself and a filmmaker yourself and, and for other uh, storytellers, what do you think, um, do you think that we maybe have a, a responsibility as well to, to, to sort of tell the stories that have helped people change and maybe raise awareness? Um, what is sort of the responsibility of, of our art to, to tell and help uh, society change in a positive way? Um, I mean, I think whenever I get asked this question, I think it kind of has to be authentic at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So you have to tell a story that I think is truly to you. And I think, um, I think the dangerous thing, I think we should never put pressure into anyone exactly. to tell a story that they're not uh, comfortable with. And we should never held, hold anyone to the kind of grand um, scale where you... You, you are the person to tell the story for everyone. No, I think it has to be something you're comfortable with. And it has to be something that you are, um, you know, you feel passionate about. But I do think it's the job of an artist or a storyteller to reflect what's happening around the world. And we are f- fortunately, gracefully, that we are, given the, we are given the skill to be creative and to be expressive and to be free, you know, because I think, I think a lot of creative storytellers, we... It's like, it, it's like back in the days and I think maybe in the 1920s, no, maybe before that and 18 something, uh, the photographers have seen as all these like amazing, the photographer that were basically did the bourgeois in Paris and stuff. And I think nowadays um, writers and uh, filmmakers and stuff, you, you know, we are the vessels of, you know, what's happening around the world. You know, we are given also, we're fortunate to be working in this industry where we can actually just express ourselves freely, which means that whatever that's happening around the world is also our responsibility to actually to put it out to people, to, to, to put it out to people, for people to understand. So I do think, yes, I mean, it, might, it might sound contradiction. It's not our job in terms of like, uh, you should not be forced to do it, but at the same time, you should also, you should also, ex- you know, express what's happening around the world because it's it's a is i don't know maybe i'll say god-given skill or a skill that's given to us and we should be given out to people so yeah in some way i think storytelling is um it's a funny one because i think you almost your own um how to say uh i don't want to say it's, it's like almost like a gift and a curse so yes. if, yeah, if, if, even when you do you don't want to think you, you you're just thinking as a you know 
it's a gift and a curse, which means that's what it's always surprising to me when you you see a, uh, an artist, they're making a, an art or products or whatever, then they're not really putting the soul in. I'm like, well, this is, it, as, a, as a storyteller, you can't do anything about apart from put your soul, your what's inside of you out. So that's what I feel like, uh, yes, it is our duty as a storyteller to actually reflect what's happening around the world and also to be authentic as, as, as much as possible. I know authenticity is hard because of the world we live in, but it is you should try to be authentic because when you're authentic, people can see it, can see through it, and a lot of people would we want to collaborate and work with you because of that. Mm, yeah, and I highly relate to 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 sort of the experience that you describe, um, and also both as an artist myself and talking with other artists and storytellers. I think I think that experience of of still feeling, as you said, the responsibility and and the duty to to express yourself authentically and and also raise the awareness for your authentic experiences, but still not wanting or needing to to express something that is inauthentic to you, regardless of how important it is for society. Because if you don't have anything that to say about a topic because it's not your authentic experience, then you can't really show that in an authentic way as well. And that doesn't really help the conversation, right? Exactly. So I think that's something... Yeah, but then I think think what's this... Yeah... So, so I think that's also one second. I think what's is actually also bad. Our current kind of generation is that we put so much pressure into people to be uh, this kind of superheroes. Yes. As as soon as you have this limelight on you, you become almost like a superhero. You won't need to talk about everything. No, and also people are allowed to take a break for mm. things because I think it can be overwhelming from an artist point of view that you always you know giving in because. Whether you so when you're a writer or you're a filmmaker or you're you're just like a storyteller, there's a lot comes you know it takes a lot of courage to begin with to take to write especially when something's really raw and authentic. It takes a lot of courage. It's almost like an energy is coming out of you, putting out to the world, and it's also it's a, it's a vulnerable it's a vulnerable thing to do as well. You're just, you're very vulnerable. You're very exposed, telling people all these kind of vulnerability or how you feel about certain things about the world. So that's what I think. Um, it's okay to take breaks. It's okay to also uh, not wanting to uh, be involved in certain topics if you don't feel like it. But like I said, it's uh, at the same time, and again, it's my sort of contradiction, at the same time, it is our duty to, uh, you know, to express, to show what's, the, what's happening around the world. Yeah. And I think in that conversation as well, uh, talking about cancel culture and, yeah. and yeah. the idea that, that we have the pressure to like, expressing ourselves and 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 talking about our experiences but still we have the pressure of actually having to express ourselves in in a righteous way as well like the the mm. way that because because of the cancel culture we we want the risk in expressing ourselves authentically to to be expressing ourselves in a cultural incorrect way right and yeah. and i think that that pressure as well or moving in that tension i was trying to navigate that tension as an artist as well is is something that i think we need to have even more conversations about because yeah. we really limit ourselves in trying to always express ourselves righteously or taking responsibility of something we did 
10 years ago, which we, of course, we no, no, yeah. because because of, of the situation, but maybe we can't always be held accountable of something we did for, for in terms of art, essentially, not in terms yeah. of, of social actions, of course, but in terms of art, um, how can we, how can we discuss an authentic experience? I think that for me, is something that is, has been really difficult. Like, how can you, how can you just discuss the righteousness of someone, someone experience rather than, because it maybe maybe it's it's right or wrong, but but it's always a subjective experience, right? It's absurd. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing I was having recently, I have this conversation a lot of time. The idea of like, um, you know, um, you know, whether it's cancer culture, whatever you want to call it. So um, we're always quickly uh, jumping to the idea of like, this is right or wrong. No, there's mm. perception. There's react. It, we all come from a different background, different family, different experiences. That means we can never, most, most of us will, will probably will never experience the same thing. Uh, we'll never probably experience the same thing based on the perception. So, which means certain things, there are certain things you might not agree on, just disagree and then that's it. It's nothing more than that. You can disagree with something and you can do, but also the strange thing about social media is there's almost like a right or wrong, but whereas we forget it, there's only, there's only like, there's only, um, perception. So someone's reality might not be the same as yours. Just accept it's not your reality, but the person doesn't need to be get, that doesn't need to be cancelled. And talk about authenticity of being authentic. Authentic, uh, whether there's you know you can agree some some things you might not agree with. Authentic to me is just a being true to yourself. And unfortunately, unfortunately, when you're true to yourself, it just means like being the real authentic you. Real authentic comes from your perception of how you've been brought up, what you've experienced. So it might be someone might have done something that you're not happy with, but if they're being true to themselves, that is authentic to them. You can just like ex ex agree to disagree. And disagree with someone doesn't mean they don't, you don't work with them or you don't, you don't, I don't know, not work with them. If you disagree with them, doesn't mean that you're not in the same camp. We can be the same, we can be on the same camp and we can also have a, a disagreement. We can not agree on certain things. That's just life. That's how you build an, kind of like an, again, that's how you build an, an, a, um, a healthy, actually healthy. So in our company, Minute Shorts, we have people from different backgrounds and we have people from different beliefs and we do, I've done that on purpose, hiring people from different backgrounds, having people from different beliefs, having people from different kind of backgrounds and different story, different experiences, different age group as well. You know, we have uh, people in our, in our, in our companies are 18 years old. We have someone who's like 50s plus. And uh, the reason I personally wanted to uh, hire people in this different age and different experiences because it helped us to, to basically create a healthy company where you hear different people's point of view, different background, different kind of experiences, then which means like we're not living in an echo, um, echo chamber. That's what is a dangerous thing to be, to be in an echo mm -hmm. chamber where you're all believing that you're always right. You're all, what, what, you, what you believe is the ultimate truth, which is not the case. The ultimate truth, unfortunately, doesn't exist. We all have different view the way we see the world. And the same way is the same, way, you know, when we talk about cancer culture, there's you know, someone might have done or said something when they were, I don't know, 15 years old. That was the reality back then. That's what their perception were. But now they probably learn a few things. They realize something they've said, they've done back then, it was not maybe the righteous thing to do. But that person's not the same person anymore. So that's what the idea of cancer culture to me doesn't make sense. And But I do think... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting how cancer culture is going to involve 
we'll see. Yes, and what happens as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I think a lot of the times what we forget is that that social media media is definitely a, a medium for for personal um, and self-expression and and not a reality uh, i think we forget that a lot of times it's it's that it's it's more a medium that that it is a a reality itself and and that one's a a risk of therefore affecting our our the way that we see reality yeah. um but what i think what i see in your guys organization you you mentioned how you had diversity in terms of age, in terms of, of social and cultural background. And that's something that we emphasize a lot as well in our, our organization um, being like we found it from, from you, from 12 different countries, from, from all around the world and, and different continents. I think we are in on five different continents uh, as it is right now um, in terms of ambassadors and working and being really in exclusive, um, in inclusive, not exclusive, inclusive, inclusive. In, in our team, yes, in our team, um, and not just in our ambassadors, but in, in our team itself is something that that has been really important for us. And, and I've seen you guys, you know, you work with organizations like Spindle to, to really sort of uh, give people and give young people and, and, and storytellers from different backgrounds as well, a voice and and being able to to create more representation in both the yeah. industry as well, but also in in the storytelling. Um, and I wanted to know how can we, as viewers and and as people who consume your content, how can we help support that that experience of of creating more inclusive both storytellers and and stories. Perfect. Okay. We just went out for a minute. Did you hear okay. my, my question uh, about can we, inclusivity? Uh, can you give it again, please? I yeah. just lost Perfect. It. Yeah. Yes. So, so I was asking you, uh, because something that you guys, I see you guys have done really, really well, and that really relates to, to our organization and to humanity, obviously, seeing how you've been able to represent a lot of different uh, and diverse storytellers and, and create representation in both storytelling, but also in stories and, and storytellers. Um, mm -hmm. How can we uh, as readers and as consumers just help support that, that uh, inclusivity in yeah. the industry as well? Yeah, um, I thank you. Thank you. That's a great question. Um, and also Spindle is a, is a really, really, really amazing company and run by Greg Hackett. It's an amazing, amazing company. And I think as viewers, people always, um, so our goal with Minute Shorts is not exclusively work with a film related companies. So we work with a company that does traveling um, um, at, at a traveling platform, so trip in world. I think you should check these guys out. Amazing, amazing platform. So we work with, uh, um, you know, we work with companies that builds bags, that build chairs, that builds all these other things. Because storytelling, it can be seen. You can find storytelling everywhere. So, mm. if it, so when you look at it from outside, you see yes, well, the company really heavy into uh, filmmaking and and storytelling through through, through uh, moving image. But it doesn't mean to exclude any anyone that's outside of that circle. So whether your company that does, because storytelling can find anywhere. Whether you're building, I don't know, you're building chairs. Whether you're building uh, tennis rackets, there's a storytelling behind everything that's happening around us. So if you want to get involved, we we work for all spectrum of people. And then one of the things we look for when whoever we're collaborating with is the idea of, of diversity, not just through race but also diversity through, through gender, diversity through like, you know, uh, showing different storytelling from around the world. So 
let's say, for example, Spindle, they have a big, big, big pool of filmmakers from around the world. They have filmmakers from the UK, from also the US and, and some other, you know, other countries. And I think they also have some people in Sweden. And, you know, mm. so they, they really, really diversify their um, storytelling uh, filmmakers that represent. So you're not just like hearing a story from someone from the UK, you're hearing a story from someone in Kenya, in other countries. So you then that way, you, you can start understanding how the world works. The world is a big place. Because I think what tends to happen is, because if you stay, when you, when you stay in one place in your city, you quickly, you start to develop this idea that the world exists only in your cities, especially living in London, because London is quite a diverse city. Then mm. we always quickly we forget that we, you know, we think as Londoners, we think that the world exists in London, but it's not until you get out of London and you, you for example, a few years ago, I went to Japan uh, for, uh, for, uh, for a visit, uh, for, lo- for a long tr- for a trip there. And I was really just mesmerized and also really shocked how the culture is so different, how the world is. I've never experienced anything like this my whole life. But then when I was in London, I thought this is what the world is. But then that's, you know, to answer questions. So what we look for, we look for just, you know, companies from all type of companies, all type of viewers, you know, whether you're, you don't, whether you're into, you know, you're into something very, very niche. Yes, you, you'll be able to find uh, a story that, that kind of, uh, you know, tap into what you're into. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a great advice as well. And and talking about you um, from from an artist point of view or from an organizational point of view as well, um, how can we we use storytelling or use more of storytelling to support our message or amplify our message and mm-hmm. connect with our community? Oh, how can, so what's the question? How can we? How can, how can we, we? Yeah, how can we use storytelling to connect with our community or amplify our message? Yeah, so so I think when it comes to storytelling, I think it's similar to the answer I gave earlier. So is um so an artist's job is to basically to reflect what's happening around us. So um I'm trying to think of a great example. Um so we so we had a uh, film screening event around this is at the first uh, film screening event after lockdown, which was in in May. This year, May, we had a, a, a um, the film screening event was around uh, environmental, and the idea of the film screening event it came from a musician that follow us on Instagram. His name Louis Vi. Uh, he's a rapper. He's really, really, really. Uh, he's really into uh, environmental. He's really into climate change, and he messaged us. He said, um, for his community, he really want to emphasize. He wants to amplify the idea of of climate change because we know it's a thing. But, uh, you know, he wanted to empathize around his community. So he's from East London, or he's from North London, but mm. he wanted to emphasize East and North London is quite close to each other anyway. So he's from North London, but he wanted to emphasize to his community the idea of climate change. He brought that idea to us and we said, well, we can actually, you know, it starts as a conversation, like conversation one on four. Uh, the conversation actually started during lockdown. And then we said, well, you know, after we come out of lockdown, we'll, we'll do a film screening event with that theme. So he, uh, so you know, we managed. He managed to help us identify a few films that he really enjoyed, short films that he really enjoyed around the, uh, the theme of um, of environmental and climate change. And then, then we, uh, you know, we licensed this film. We then we showcased six short films during our event. And then we had him as hosting a panel discussion with uh, mm. 
I was in panel discussion with uh, a, uh, an activist, climate, uh, climate change activist, a, uh, a, a researcher. A, there was a filmmaker as well. There was a few. There's, I think there's a panel discussion with four or five people around that. People that really are into that in, industry. Mm. And during that, during that panel discussion, we then there was an in-depth conversation in terms of like, what is climate change. You know, what? How can we help? So, to answer your questions, um, as storytellers, and you know, how do we, you know you know, how do we get our story out to, to reflect our communities is more of a, you know, look at what, look at what, look what you care and look what it's actually lacking or it needs to be emphasized in your community and trying to make something out of it, out of it, whether it's, it's, it's photograph, whether it's videos, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a, a music uh, piece, whether it's a, you know, something such as like the one we did with this guy, Louis VI, we did a, an actual event. So there's a different form where you can actually, um, you can actually get your story out and get what you, you, you care about in terms of like uh, topics and theme and things that, that generally like, you think is worth to talk about. Mm, I think that's such a great, uh, great way of seeing it. And as well, you, you know, you talk about how you can use storytelling in, in different ways as well, because storytelling is, is so many different things and, and connecting with our community or, or getting our message out there sometimes get lost in, in seeing it as, as one thing and, and maybe just a writing your story or just telling your story. But sometimes it's, it's much better showing it or showing it through music yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so for anyone who is aspiring to, to become a filmmaker and, mm. and a storyteller in, in sort of the area where, where you guys are, are sort of really, really doing a great stuff in, in working with, with people who has a really powerful message and who wants to have a really empowering voice in, yeah. in their storytelling. What would your advice be for, for storytellers? Uh, my advice would be, uh, it's less about the tools that you, you have. It's more of like the drive. Mm. For example, when I started making films, my first um, film project, so I was 18, uh, I shot this um, pilot uh, series called Made in Brixton. You can actually look it up online. And I was 20 at the time. And I was like, well, I, was, I started that idea when I was 18. And it was shot when I was 19. And I sold it to a TV channel in, in the UK when I was 20. But during the whole process, and I, I didn't know how to, to, to use a camera. I didn't know how to use a camera. And I, I never used a camera during that whole three years process from 18 to 20. But I made a TV pilot show, which I sold to a channel, to a channel in the UK. Amazing. And, and so, which basically goes to say that if you, so, so filmmaking is, uh, there's different avenues of filmmaking. So when usually when they say filmmaking, people always think you need a, you, you think of a cameraman or, you know, you think of a director. There's also other, other avenues. There's a writer, screenplayer, which um, you know, which I was when I started. Off, I started wrote a lot of a um, lot of film scripts, which you know end up being developed in actual things. So my advice is always about don't wait till you have this. Don't wait till you have the complete skills in order to get started, and use whatever you have around you, whether it's friends, whether it's uh, just like for example, like I used loads of YouTube at the time. I spent. I grew up in YouTube. I spent. Yes hours of time on YouTube trying to figure out how do you write a film script or how do you position or how do you position a, a film uh, a camera angle or how do you how do you direct an actor I literally I was, I was searching stuff like that on YouTube and I watched hours of footage how to direct an actor and then 
And then my film, my first film projects, which was my big break. It was my first film projects, one shot, one kill kind of thing. <laughs> my first big project. And it worked because I spent hours, hours of time on YouTube, hours of time talking to people who actually they've done it. And so, and the same kind of, it's, it's quite funny because the same attitude, I also uh, worked with Minute Shorts because I've never run a, a business before. And uh, I start, when I start to mid minutes, I literally run it online, search for everything I need to search. I run on YouTube, I mean, I run on YouTube, I run on Google. Even if I've got, I've actually got one funny story, uh, which also kind of relates, kind of, it's also kind of, kind of storytelling. So um, my, my current business partner, Julian uh, Fiverr. So if you want to look him up on LinkedIn, please do stalk him because it would be, be quite funny. Um, and then I so the way I found uh, Jillian is um, so before actually before I said where do I find Jillian? So I'm so I'm a you know I grew up in Camden, in London. I'm black um, from um, Congo and uh, Congolese background, and I'm French. Jillian mm. is uh, Romanian, so there's like a there's there was in order for us to meet, it was almost like a one in a million chance to meet. Okay. So that, that's just, I want to emphasize that. But then the way we discover, I discovered him or we discovered each other is, so at the time I, I was looking for a, uh, uh, I was looking for a developer to develop the app. I came up with that idea of Minute Shorts. So I was really happy. Well, I'm going to make this amazing platform, but I don't know how to code. I know how to make films. I know how to maybe read some stuff about, uh, you know, um, read some codes or maybe read, I knew a little bit about business, but I didn't know how to actually make the product. So I went online, I went on Twitter, put up a post on Twitter, put up a post on Facebook, Instagram, and I had only a few people that were interesting. And some, some, in some of the posts, I had people laughing at me, saying, oh, this is not going to work. Why do you want to reinvent YouTube? Because nobody, nobody's gonna, ever going to do YouTube again. You should just give up. I had loads of this, this sort of kind of feedback. Then I went on, on this website called Quora, Q-U-A-R-O. And again, that's to show you the... Uh, the um, the hunger. So if you want something, you have to actually look for it. So mm. I want to call I've never, I've never used Cora in my life. I've only used it once. That was the one time I used it. I put up a post in Cora. I said, Hey, I've got this really amazing idea. I'm going to build this platform. It's going to be like Spotify for short films. I'm looking for a, um, uh, someone uh, I'm looking for developer to help me code this. And I, you know, you can be my business partner. And Julian, he replied to my post. He said, Hey, it sounds like a great, a great idea and let's meet up. And that, and that was it. So then we met up a few days later and he was actually, so he actually arrived, I arrived late. He was actually, uh, so he arrived, so we met me up at this uh, cafe in central London. So you go to the cafe and I was running late. He's actually got up and he was actually leaving. <laughs> and I saw him, I said, Hey, what are you leaving for? He goes, Oh, um, sorry. I thought you're not coming anymore. There's another dude. I'm sorry. I was, I was stuck in the traffic. And that was it. And since then, this is about four years ago. And since then, we, we've been through ups and downs. And we're now we're doing good. We're happy. And I wish Julian would say, he'll probably say a few words as well. But um, yeah, so um, that's basically goes to, uh, what I'm trying to say is regards to storytelling. So don't wait hmm. to have everything given to you in order to start. So the same way I started off with uh, Made in Brixton, I didn't, I didn't have the skill set to, to use videos. I didn't have to use a camera. I just wrote because I, I, I knew I had an idea. My idea was to make a TV show called Made in Brixton about 
uh, these young people that live in Brixton. It was almost, a, it was a spin-off made in Chelsea. You've seen made in Chelsea. It's a spin-off there, but based in Brixton, South London. And I didn't wait for anyone to, I didn't wait for to know how to use a camera in order to, to start making the series. I just wrote, I wrote loads of scripts because I knew what I was good at is writing. I wrote and then, I found it. I found a cameraman. I found a sound person that came work with me, and we build this. We build this. Uh, we build this uh, TV pilot show. We end up selling to to a TV channel, and with minute shorts. I didn't wait till I knew how to code. I had an amazing idea. I was really, really confident in my idea. My idea is going to work, and I found a developer, and I found a developer who's in my business partner, and we build a platform. And basically, my advice is just don't wait. Do use use your strength. Use what was really. Uh, What's this natural strength you have in order to get your story out? Whether you're good at writing, you're good at uh, taking pictures, videos, cameras, wh whatever it is, wh whether you're good at sound, you can make an amazing uh, sound um, background music for, for a film. So that is, again, a storytelling as well. So, yeah. Oh my god! I absolutely love that. Uh, I think I relate so much to to the story uh, of how you sort of not knowing what to do and and using hours and hours and and going on YouTube and, and being a product of YouTube University. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just like and definitely that for me, whether what it was music production or yeah. working in in the acting space or activism space or or we have working with with clothing or everything that's just like you you use that or just to grow your own competencies and and being in and bettering yourself i think um it, it's such just starting and and taking just a step forward and moving forward in the process i think something that that a lot of us can relate to but mm -hmm. also at the same time we need to remember that all the time we don't need the skill sets because we see so many people like the ones who are in the spotlights are the people who has acquired the skills throughout the years or mm -hmm. maybe has as you as well uh have the people around you who 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 are able to do that that type of work but but most of us, and I think all of us, start out with not knowing how to do it. Oh, no, learning it as we go. Yeah, learning as we go. Because I think you speak to like I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate with uh, working minutes. I met some of the successful people. Some people I look up to. It, there's literally a running uh, trend where a lot of people that end up being successful. They just started. You yeah. learn. You learn. You learn on the job. Because I think you, if if you ever wait to be I don't know, to perf to perfect your skills, you're you're gonna wait forever. Mm. So I think just like starting. I know what's another thing we should also um also one thing recently I had a conversation with someone. I said we should also be uh, aware that starting is quite hard in itself. So even if you start mm. in itself, I think starting that in itself is a one step or yes. you already won because it takes a lot of courage, especially doing something that you're not experience with there's going to be you know it takes a lot of courage to start something you know experience it with and because you know if you fail people are going to be oh you know you shouldn't have done that so starting this off is is good so once you've done that you've already won you've already achieved what well, you already achieved 50 percent of the job starting and the other 50 percent yeah. of the job is more just continuing because continuing is like the other 50 percent of the job 50 percent of the job is actually getting 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 up and start typing and then yeah Hmm, yes, and with that amazing, with that amazing message and advice, um, before we round this up, I just wanted to say thank you so much for this amazing conversation. 
Um, I had so many great insights and I absolutely love your stories and, you. and the, the perspective that you gave. And, and I have so many takeaways that, uh, that I'm excited to share with our community as well. Uh, but I wanted to ask you just as a last question for anyone who wants to, to get to know more about Minute Shorts and your story and yeah. maybe work with you guys as well, because I think it's just absolutely amazing what you guys are doing and, right. and we love your brand and community as well. Uh, so if people want to, to find you, where can they find you? Uh, so you can find us. Uh, so we, we use our Instagram, Osmosa Can Newsletter. So on Instagram is minute.shorts. Our website is www.minuteshorts.co.uk and you can also contact us on email on, at, uh, on hello at minuteshorts.co.uk or personally to me is John Vier. So J-A, N for November, V for Victor, I for India, E for Echo, R for Romeo at minuteshorts.co.uk. That's John Vier Wete. No, that's John Vier at minuteshorts.co.uk. And, and also one thing I forgot to mention is uh, just one one message I want to finish regards to like regards to storytelling. So storytelling is a visual thing. I think one thing I'll advise anyone that's starting a business, starting, starting a business, starting where you're doing always, always care about aesthetic. Mm. Aesthetic matters. Aesthetic, yes. how something looks, it matters. So we've been fortunate with, uh, we discover our branding that, so if you go for our Instagram, it's this color orange and um, you know, That, I mean, I came up with that deep color orange because I was inspired by Frank Ocean, Channel um, uh, Orange, by Oliver Olsen, who does the uh, um, Sun Project, the Weather Project. It's massive yellow sign, Sun, and uh, you know this, the color orange. It brings it brings just that calm, 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 calm. So then we then so our branding is very very strong. It's like an orange icon which, you know, when you see it, it's, it's very distinctive. And I'm also wearing color orange top. <laughs> I always try to take all my meeting in color orange. And if you go on my Instagram, my own personal Instagram, I only post orange, orange pictures. Yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, so then, then, yeah, so I think branding and aesthetic is also public storytelling. So whatever you're making, please do also care about how it looks like. Mm, yeah, great that amazing thank advice you. i wanted to say thank you again for for being here today and for being you and for sharing the amazing insight that you've given today uh, and you. send you up with lots of positive energy and inspiration in the world oh thank you for having me thank you episode was brought to you by Humanidia. Thank you for tuning in and for being part of this amazing community. I'll see you next time.